episode 25 of Cloudy with a Chance of Racing coming at you here tonight. Uh, Steve tied up with work. Dylan, as you mentioned last week, is on vacation. So tonight I have Jake back fresh from seeing uh, Drake and 21 Savage in concert. And our uh, our new uh, uh, meteorologist friend, uh, Blake Harms, joining us as well. Uh, saw him on Thursday at the SRX race, and he was kind enough to be our uh, our guest host tonight with Dylan on vacation. Uh, guys, how about a kind of wild week of racing between the SRX race and um, the, the some drama in the Xfinity race, and then all of the, the drama with the weather at, uh, at Michigan International Speedway with the Cup Series? Certainly. There's been so many storylines this week all over the racing world, and a little tease, one of them will will be my pop-up shower later in the show but um as as disappointing as the uh the weather was in michigan i thought the race for the most part uh, in the cup series was pretty pretty entertaining um and the battle at the end between chris busher and martin truex jr was really fun to watch it you know truex uh clearly had the fastest car um, but man, Chris Busher back to back, who would have thought this was coming? And, uh, it's definitely, um, I thought, you know, the, the Xfinity series too, um, was, was pretty entertaining and, and, and ends up with, you know, John Hunter Nemechek winning. And, um, after early on in that race, the teammates wrecking, but, uh, Blake, you, you were there at the track. what did you think? It was a fun weekend. Yeah. It, um, like you mentioned, Xfinity, some drama early on. Uh, then before things kind of settled down, second part of the race. And that kind of happened with the cup race too on Sunday and Monday, obviously. Um, Sunday we had the, just the, the I, I guess I can call it random crashes that kept happening uh, with cars either blowing a tire or just getting loose under somebody. I think we had four of those on Sunday before the rain came. And then classic uh, kind of pit strategy a race that ended up playing out in a very weird way on Monday, uh, like you mentioned with Chris Buescher being able to hold off who was the strongest car of the day, Martin Truex Jr., uh, but but some great clean racing toward the end. And, and I think Michigan solidified itself as one of the more exciting races again this year in this next-gen era. Uh, so a lot to get to in the racing world. Uh, full disclosure, you're going to hear some applause in the background of my recording. Uh, I am working my day job at a tennis tournament in Toronto right now. And it is a in the middle of a very spirited tiebreak in the first set, uh, so apologies for the applause in the background. But it'll add a little bit of life to uh, our podcast recording tonight. Uh, if we were uh, uh, boring you, then this is going to be an exciting one, uh, <laughs> and we certainly hope we weren't boring you. Um, but let's get into it with the uh, SRX race on Thursday. Blake and I were there. Uh, a uh, an interesting day. It, it seemed like. Uh, in the heat races, some guys had uh, some trouble passing. It seemed like the the, the guys who w- did well in the first heat, you know, in the inversion, went back to the uh, back of the field in the second heat. And the only one that I saw really make any moves, and it was a very big move on a late restart in that second heat, was Ryan Newman going fifth to first on the high line at Berlin, which is something you don't normally see. Uh, what did you see out of the uh, SRX drivers on uh, Thursday night there at your home track, Blake? Yeah, it was. There were a lot of comers and goers, like you mentioned. Um, as someone from the area, I was really excited to see Johnny Benson run well. 
I believe it was the first heat, but then after that, things kind of went south and he spent much of the actual feature in the back. Um, but some good racing all around. And it was very clear that Kyle Busch uh, knew what he was doing all along. Maybe he didn't quite know at first. Uh, Love the moment where Joey Logano called into him uh, during the race. And at that time, he was on ESPN and he was passed by, I think, Elio Kestroneva as well. Joey was talking to him. <laughs> uh, so that was watching back on TV. It was a funny moment. But overall, I thought it was a really good race and, and just a classic short track race. Uh, obviously, uh, there was not a caution for incident. We had one for rain, but no, no spins or wrecks which is a far cry from what the SRX series has dealt with much of the last few seasons, mostly thanks to Paul Tracy. So I think maybe a, a breath of fresh air for, for some of the SRS folks and definitely for the folks who are tasked with uh, repairing the cars each week. Yeah, totally. Uh, so as I mentioned on the show last week, and as you might have seen on our social media on uh, Thursday, I was lucky enough to, uh, to get a credential to cover the SRX race. Uh, great experience. I hope you all enjoyed everything we were able to put on our socials from that uh it was a uh, i didn't get to personally see the the deal with uh joey logano and kyle bush in real time in in the infield uh there were no like speakers working so i couldn't hear the broadcast at all uh but then i i kind of saw about it on social media and then i actually happened to be uh talking with alan bestwick in the infield after the race and and brad keselowski walks up and goes I got to know what happened. I heard, I saw something about her on Twitter about what Joey did to, to Kyle. And, uh, and it, it was super fun to see that. Um, of course, if you are on our uh, social media, if you're watching along on Twitter and Instagram and threads, you saw that uh, we had interviews with Bobby Labani Brad Keselowski and Tony Stewart. Of course, uh, you know, chatting alongside uh, with uh, Alan Bestwick. And I even, randomly struck up a conversation in victory lane with Carson Hosevar, of course, a former track champion there at Berlin and his home track, uh, back in town before he competed in Saturday's Xfinity race briefly. Unfortunately, I think for a lot of uh, Michiganders, but, uh, a great experience there. Uh, in the feature, I thought, uh, at the beginning, beginning part, I was like, what in the world is going on with Marco Andretti? How is he this bad and this far off? He, until that first caution, that long green flag run and the first you know half to third of the race, he was a half a lap behind. And I thought his car was just running like trash. Then all of a sudden at the end of the race, he was making moves and it became very evident that he was saving tires. Yeah, it was a, a lot of strategy involved and you could tell who was saving the tires and who wasn't. Uh, Elio... Castro Neves, as they talked about, I had the scanner on uh, ESPN's broadcast, so kind of knew what was happening, thankfully. And Elio just took off like a rocket about the middle of the feature. Then they said, you know, we might be using his tires a little too much. And sure enough, dropped like a rock with, what, 25, 30 to go. So it's, it's definitely a track that punishes you for wearing out the tires too soon. Uh, but that's what makes Berlin so fun to watch. Yeah, it's definitely a... Uh... Uh, a different track, and that's actually one of the things I was talking with uh, with Carson Hosevar about in Victory Lane. The first thing he mentioned was it, it was very strange for him seeing his heroes, uh, you know, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, you know, drivers he's looked up to for a long time, like from his youth and stuff, um, be unfamiliar with how to race Berlin. And the whole time he is in the infield watching this race, and he's like, no, you got to move up now. You got to move up now, knowing what the tire wear is doing at different points throughout the run. And so he knows all this stuff. He's trying, to, he's like kind of talking to nobody, right? In thin air. 
uh, <laughs> about how to run the track, and none of the these superstars really know what he knows. Uh, so that he said that was very interesting for him. Um, but nonetheless, it was a uh, a great race won by uh, Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski second, Newman finished third. Uh, good run for Newman and. One driver I have to give a lot of props to was I thought Haley Deegan kind of punched well above her weight in terms of what she uh, typically results in the uh, in the truck series. I thought she punched well above her weight on Thursday night, uh, finishing top five in the SRX race. Just got a kind of looking big picture at Berlin. I think the crew there and Jeff Striegel deserve a tremendous amount of credit. Jeff had uh, Pete Bastoni and Mike Bagley with the morning drive on Sirius XM. They're at the track. The whole MRM crew there to support Jeff, who's a general manager. Uh, just the way they they handled the fan experience. Uh, the place was, was filled to the brim. Um, Jeff knew exactly what he was doing, and it showed, I think, on ESPN. It showed Berlin in a very positive light and kind of put a, a Berlin on the map more than it maybe has been for a while. And so I, all told, I think the crew there deserves a tremendous amount of credit, despite a little bit of weather. Uh, for getting that off and for making making the track look so good. And I think they, there may be some more opportunities that come their way because of how they were able to pull this off. Totally. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, Tony Stewart and Don Hawk, very, very happy. There were no destroyed race cars uh, after that one. The only car they tore up was uh, a brand new chassis that David Stramey was shaking down on Wednesday uh, before the SRX race and had the throttle hang on him and he went in the outside wall. Um, that's the only car with any significant damage from the entire week. And after a couple of the weeks they had had uh, in the prior weeks, that was definitely a win for the Skip Barber Racing School team that crews all of these cars. Uh, Blake, we'll have some more Berlin Raceway talk at the end of the show as we preview the big super late model race, the Battle of Berlin, coming up this Wednesday night. Uh, but let's first get to the Xfinity Series race that happened at MIS on Saturday uh, we mentioned earlier a little bit of early drama there with uh, the two, uh, actually all three Gibbs teammates involved in the one wreck uh, with Ty Gibbs, John Hunter Nemechek, and then Sammy Smith getting collected into it. Uh, what do we make of that? Was was there somebody at fault there? Was that a racing deal? And just coincidentally, unfortunate that the Gibbs teammates happened. I, I kind of draw a little bit of comparison to the uh, the the Daytona event uh with uh, all the JRM cars being involved. Yeah, I think it's one, it, it's obviously unfortunate um, for that team, but at that point it was unfortunate. Now, you know, John Hunter ended up winning the race, um, which, which is ironic, but you know, he, he's been so good in this series uh, that you didn't really have a doubt that he could get back out there and compete for the win. Um, as far as what exactly happened, I lean more towards um, it kind of just being a a racing deal. I mean, all these guys are pretty young, and you know they're they're fighting for position and everything. But I don't think you know there's no, especially with your teammates, there's no ill will to you know do something intentional or. I don't think it was necessarily anyone's fault. Yeah, it's a tough sort of deal. Um, kind of hard to see materialize from my point of view. I haven't had the chance to go back and watch the race. I was there watching on the front stretch. It's hard to tell kind of runs they have coming off of turn two, just basically looking across the track. But um, 
yeah, an interesting deal. And I, you know, you, you, you have to wonder why, why so hard so early, but we saw the same thing in the cup series. Uh, it was pretty interesting that John Hunter more or less, obviously it's a racing deal, but you could kind of pin most of that, I think on John Hunter. Uh, and then he goes on to win the race uh, with basically an unscathed car. Uh, end of the day of, of Hosevar in the process, obviously Sammy Smith uh, did some damage to Ty Gibbs. You know, as I was kind of thinking about this incident, you do have to wonder of being in John Hunter Nemechek situation, obviously with the news that had just broken earlier in the day uh, regarding Noah Braxton, which I'm sure we'll get to, uh, that you have to wonder if, if maybe with the rumors swirling about, you know, obviously legacy moving over to Toyota next year, uh, John Hunter kind of brought up as the first name. We had already some rumors about maybe Graxon being gone after this year. Have to wonder if, if all that just kind of happening earlier in the day made him race a little more aggressive. But regardless, uh, just an unfortunate deal for Joe Gibbs, and I'm sure they're just happy that, that one of their cars is still able to get it done. Well, you mentioned a couple of things I want to get to, Blake. John Hunter Nemechek did go on to win the race. Ironically, the driver who finished second, I believe, was Josh Berry. Uh, who just earlier on Saturday found his way into the Cup Series race by way of Noah Gregson uh, getting into some social media hot water, was suspended by a Legacy Motor Club, and then subsequently suspended indefinitely for the uh, by NASCAR for a violation of its member conduct policy. So Josh Berry found his way into the Cup race in the 42 with Legacy Motor Club, uh, a different experience for him, I think we can easily say from his time subbing for Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman in the HMS equipment uh, and just doing the best he could there. End up uh, in a one of the many Sunday wrecks uh, that before the rains came and ended the day, uh, but still um, get some more seat time in the in the Cup Series before he goes on to uh, Stuart Haas Racing next year. And I think it's very interesting uh, what you just said, Blake, was that, you know, you know, we know that Legacy Motor Club is going to Toyota. We know that uh, Noah Gregson had a was at one point in the Toyota camp when he was with KBM in the truck series in 2017 and 18 and had a bit of a rocky departure from Toyota, if I recall. And now, uh, you know, so it's perhaps that, you know, maybe there's still some bad blood there and now. John Hunter Nemechek is tearing up the Xfinity series and there's potentially a easy way for getting Noah Gregson out of that 42 seat uh, when they go to, to Toyota next year and possibly put John Hunter in there. So uh, if not JHN, who could possibly go in there? It could be still Noah Gregson or somebody else. Who would you think? I, I, I mean, I think John Hunter is, is the overwhelming favorite right now and, and I've been impressed um by him when you think about it's it's not easy I'm sure to go from a full-time ride in the cup series and then you know go back down to the Xfinity series but he's answered the bell I mean all all season long he's he really has I've been impressed by him uh you know same thing um you know Cole Custer's had a pretty pretty good Xfinity uh, series season in a similar situation after being in the cup full-time cup series. But um, yeah, you look at it, it's, it's a really unfortunate in, incident in multiple ways. 
and you look at Noah Gregson's season as a whole, um, just it's just been plain bad. You know, Legacy Motor Club as a whole, although Eric, Eric Jones just had a really solid run today at Michigan, but um, yeah, I I guess I haven't thought that far ahead, but you know, when you look at everything as far as you know who could be in the forty-two. You look at the situation and everything like that. I guess you know it would make all the sense in the world for John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, I agree with that. Hard to go with anyone other than John Hunter for not only because of uh, Toyota taking over Legacy, but also perhaps Chevy wanting to hold on to Noah Gregson. He's a good driver, has good talent, uh, just in his first year in the Cup Series, and still I think has a long ways to go in terms of uh, growing his skill in the cup series. So I would imagine Chevy would like to hang on to him. Obviously what, what kind of transpired over the last week, you know, it remains to be seen what, how that's kind of changed uh, his, his potential prospects. But again, it's hard to envision anyone else other than John Hunter in that uh, number 42 Toyota next season, at least the way things stand for now. Yeah, I have to agree with that. The only one I could see, and it's a very outside shot, but I could see it as a very outside shot just because he brings sponsorship money could possibly be Sammy Smith. I don't think he's nearly ready for the cup series, but you know, in this business, we know money talks sometimes for the better or the worse. So, uh, but yeah, I think John Hunter Nemechek based on the merits, um, definitely worthwhile of being in, in that seat. If, if one were to open, uh, Let's look at the Xfinity Series standings. John Hunter Nemechek and Austin Hill currently tied for the regular season championship on overall points, but John Hunter leads the way on stage points, and so wins that tiebreaker. Down at the bottom of the field, or the bottom of the playoff bracket, I should say, uh, Josh Berry is plus 126 above the cut line, so inching closer to uh, locking his place in to where he cannot be overcome on points. Daniel Hemrick is plus 67, Riley Herbst plus 40, and Sheldon Creed plus 18. The challengers, Parker Kligerman minus 18, Brandon Jones minus 45. They're the only ones with a shot left, I think, on on having a prayer to to point their way in. Uh, Brett Moffat, 86 behind, Kaz Gala, 145 behind. So uh, it looks like it's a, a four to five horse race for three spots in the uh, uh, Xfinity Series playoffs. Uh, now transitioning to the Cup Series, uh, I think we have before we go on, I think we have to say that, that uh, what Noah Gregson reportedly uh, did on his social media, we definitely don't condone that here at Cloudy with a Chance of Racing. Uh, it's definitely an unfortunate situation, and hopefully Noah does learn from it. Um, you know, in a similar fashion that, that Kyle Larson uh, had an issue and and came back from it. He seems to be a, a changed man and has, has gone on to win a Cup Series championship since then. Uh, so we certainly hope that, that Noah Gregson has the opportunity to um, to show that he has learned and grown and, and can go on to do great things in his driving career. Uh, but as we get into the, the Cup Series, I think uh, all weekend long, it was the Toyotas and just about everybody else in terms of speed. Uh, everybody thought the Toyotas were lightning fast, uh, both uh, at JGR and 2311. And then uh, out of nowhere, uh, the Fords 
creeped up. I, I was watching the race earlier today and, uh, you know, kind of watching off and on. And I looked over after a pit cycle and I'm like, wait, there's like four Fords at the front of the field. And then Redick or, or Bubba or one of the two uh, were, were right there. And I'm like, how did all the Fords get to the front like that? And then I was like, oh, it's not going to be very long. They're going to be at the front. The Toyotas are going to are going to bonsai right by them. And the Toyotas kind of did, but couldn't get all the way to the front. It certainly was. Um, I, I thought the racing Sunday appeared to be a, a lot different from Monday. And um, but I mean, hats off to Ford right now. And how about when you when you step back and just look at their dominance at Michigan itself? Even when you know Braxton, it, it, you just stated how. I mean, everyone. I was thinking, well, this is going to be Toyota heavy. They look good, and in practice, the Toyotas and qualifying, they were right there, and then it ends up just going back to uh, to Ford. And um, I, I'm I'm curious to get to um, your guys' opinion. Just with Chris Busher back to back wins, and now he's you know catapulted himself up the playoff standings. I mean, how? Do you see him in in the playoffs as far as a, a contender and in RFK in general? I mean, even, you know, Busher's won the, these last couple of races, but Brad Keselowski has looked great. I think what he's doing with RFK just shows you how, you know, elite he is and, and um, great all the way around for the, for the sport. I, I really like Brad Keselowski, uh, everything about him, and he's – He's doing something great there, and um, you know I've, I'm just very imp- impressed all the way around. Yeah, I want to go back to one thing you said before I kind of answer your question about RFK. Um, the racing was significantly different, I think, Sunday and Monday. Uh, Sunday, you know, there was similar weather both days. Uh, Sunday, much of the day was at the 60s. We had some on and off mist, obviously, but. Man, all the cars wrecking on their own. Had cars getting mm-hmm. loose underneath one another. Um, and we saw a few instances of that today. Uh, Truex got loose under Busher there in the closing laps. Uh, we had a few few other spins or flat tires, but uh, much more tame compared to the first 74 laps of the race. Uh, I think the combination of you know Sunday or Saturday was mostly dry and warm, so there may, maybe still some heat in the track today. Green flag temple 65 with the mist that had happened that morning, overcast skies. So I think uh, the, the track was faster today, a little more stable perhaps. But uh, yeah, but our, what RFK is doing, kind of going back to that point you made, has been really fun to watch. And today was fun to watch. You know, Busher used to be one of those people where you'd see him up front and you'd think, all right, well, you know, it must be some sort of pit strategy happening or, you know, only going to be a few laps. But, but you know, now it's time to consider Bell, uh, Busher. It's kind of a perennial, perennial front runner almost. Obviously, you know, only two wins, but but just with the performance they've been seeing, and obviously Brad not far behind. Uh, Brad mentioned in his post race interview, I think it was to the Motor Racing Network, that uh, he felt that as if they they had a restart, a little more time, they were they were going to be right up there too. So the fact that both cars are finding speed at the same time shows you the kind of uh, resources and expertise that Brad has brought to RFK, and I think it bodes well for them in the future. And to do it for Chris Buescher to win two consecutive races on uh, two tracks that 
in terms of shape look very similar, but that's where the similarities end. Uh, it's very impressive. Winning on the short track, the three-quarter mile Richmond last week, and then winning at the two-mile Michigan International Speedway this week, uh, it shows that RFK is bringing it no matter what. And I think you look back earlier in the season, I think a lot of people were like, wow, this Chris Buescher guy, he's a sneaky good road racer too. And where are we going the next two races? Indianapolis Road Course in Watkins Glen. Not totally inconceivable that he could win one of the, And in Daytona, where the RFK cars are fast, you know, the RFK, conceivably, it's not impossible. It could go five for five. <laughs> I, I think it's probably improbable, improbable, but not impossible for them to do it. Um, I, I think it was very impressive, especially the way that Busher was able to hold off Truex. Now, uh, had there been a couple more laps, Truex might have gotten him. But still, at the posted dis- distance, uh, Busher was able to hold off Martin Truex uh, and get that win. Um, and, and I think it's interesting, too, how, uh, you know, I said the, four, the Toyotas were, were the class of the field, and Truex was really the class class of the field uh, for most of the day, it seemed like, uh, both most of both days. And uh, in our group chat, uh, we were just like, there's got to be something with that 19 car. Like They're probably getting taken to R&D. And lo and behold, the only Toyota getting taken to R&D is Bubba Wallace just for engine dyno. Uh, I was dumbfounded when I saw that the 19 was not getting taken for inspection. And I have to imagine that that, uh, that 19 crew feels like they, uh, they've gotten away with murder on that one because they were wicked fast uh, all weekend well, I have, long. I have the reason for you, Braxton. It was Monday. It's Mon- Mar- Martin Monday. That's that's partially true, but they were stupid and fast yesterday too. And in the auto owner scheme, yeah, he, he tends to be very that true. Yeah. I am. I want to go back to Sunday's action a little bit. There were wrecks upon wrecks upon wrecks in that race, and uh, in, in the Sunday portion. Um, what do we think was the cause of that? Because some of them, there were definitely. Um, you know, there was some contact that you could say, okay, that, that led to it. And then other times like with, uh, with Kyle Bush, whatever, he was just inside of the guy and, and went around and mm-hmm. it seemed very inexplainable, but, uh, is, is this a Michigan quirk? Is this a, a car setup thing? What, what are we thinking there? It's, uh, and I, I think I mentioned this on, on Sunday to you guys that the replay, I mean, the, the wrecks, a lot of them just look like replays of, the, the ones before that took place. I mean, um, but I, I was on the broadcast, um, Jeff Burton and I, 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 he was explaining, he, he thought that it was, and I'd lean more towards this way, just, you know, a Michigan thing and the cars haven't been, you know, um, you know, the next gen on this type of track all season. And, um, but it was different because there, you know, there were wrecks and wrecks and wrecks. And Blake and I have mentioned this that today the the Monday portion um, seemed to be a lot tamer, and, and there there was some passing and, and much more, you know, side by side. Heck, we saw that battle for the lead at the end, um, where maybe if something like that occurred on Sunday, uh, car might go around. Um, it looked like Chase Chase Elliott's was a tire, and from what he was saying, it didn't seem like he he was doing anything crazy or you know running that tire down. Um, but the other ones were 
it's hectic, and you you have to remember how fast those cars are going at Michigan. I mean, that is the fastest track in the in the Cup Series. So, yeah, I, I think tend to think it was um, just part of Michigan. Yeah, up until the Christopher Bell incident, I was wondering uh, if we were seeing a repeat of Atlanta last year. That was the first race on the reconfigured track where. Ross Chastain wrecked from the lead. Ricky Stenhouse wrecked from the lead. I believe it was Tower Reddick crashed. And there were all these Chevys having problems. Turns out it was an air pressure uh, situation that all the Chevys had kind of uh, committed to. So that's what I was wondering at first with when you had Kyle Busch. Uh, you had, uh, there was William Byron, Chase Elliott, and, uh, and then Josh Berry. Yes, correct. So all four of those being Chevys. Once the Christopher Balance had happened, you realized that it just seems like uh, a few of those instances where the Chevys were just tires going flat and the rest of them were just getting too close to a car. You know, what was interesting is I had a seat right in turn one for, for both Sunday and Monday. And the cars, when they were side by side on Monday, were a lot more spaced out than they were on Sunday. So my guess is the drivers watched it back Sunday night, realized that racing that close caused problems and gave themselves a lot more room. And the only time you saw cars have big moments today monday uh, was when cars were racing close side by side to each other so i think lessons were learned based on the incidents of sunday and it's hard to pin down anything in particular michigan's racing styles changed so much over the last few years year over year that it's hard to pin down any sort of trend for the track i will say uh i was disappointed so my my race pick and uh tyler reddick was leading the race at the stoppage yesterday and uh, it was it was he started off he went back towards uh, the mid teens today, worked his way back up on pit strategy, and then a disastrous pit stop on the last round today uh, relegated him to a thirtieth place finish. Um, th- that team cannot get out of their own way. I know that Denny says it every week on his podcast that that it seems like both Tyler and Bubba, one of the two, has an issue on pit road every single week or or an issue. The driver just makes a mistake. Um, it's got they've got to regress to the mean at some point, right? I mean, the twenty three eleven cars have just been too good lately for the results they have for it. Yeah, I mean, you look, you know, you swear that almost the entire race that Bubba Wallace was in top ten. I mean, heck, he he led some laps in this. And how how about the start today? Um, you know. He rocketed up to the lead and was holding off, you know, Truex for that lead early on today. But and then you and then you look at the final, you know, results. It just seems sometimes. And then you know, 18th. And then you look down. That you know, there's Tyler Reddick. Um, yeah, there there's just some issues there. They clearly can, I think, can match the speed of Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, but as far they're probably still trying to catch up, you know, as far as the rest of the, you know, the organization, you know, the, with the pit crew and everything else. Um, and, and, and Bubba and Tyler are, you know, new to being teammates as well. And they're young, but, um, you know, I, I think they 2311, um, if, if they can, you know, f- get some of these, you know, cobwebs out, if you will, and, and 
have solid stops and more consistent runs, they can be right up in the mix in the playoffs. Yeah, like you said, Jake, they're so close. It just, like yeah. you said, just hard to uh, hard to finish out a race. It, it kind of reminds me of um, Ryan Blaney's team in a sense, where they they have really good speed at some point in the race and either kind of struggle to make the right adjustments or just shoot themselves in the foot with a pit stop issue uh, or or some sort of other other deal. Kyle Busch has some days that are like that too. So it. As frustrating as it is, it's got to be nice for the team to know that if they can clean some of that up, that's that's doable. If, if your only issues are, are pit stop related, you know there are ways to fix that. Um, and you would think that before long, they'll start to see some results finally match kind of their in race uh, performance. Even even Bubba Wallace today was running up up at the front, up toward the front, led some laps. Uh, I believe they just kind of got on a, a weird pit strategy, ended up finishing 18th. So I think both cars uh, have some work to do on pit road, and if they can they can clean that up, uh, then they'll be they'll be finding themselves in victory lane uh, much more frequently. Worth noting that they did take their pit crew system in a house this year. Uh, they are not using JGR pit crew members, so perhaps some learning pains there uh, as well. Let's put a bow on the MIS race for the Cup Series. Uh, of course, Chris Busher with back-to-back wins. The first time that Roush and its various names has won consecutive races since Carl Edwards won the last two races of the 2010 season at Phoenix and then Homestead. Uh, also, uh, first time that the number 17 car has won back-to-back since the first two races of the 2009 season. Matt Kenseth winning the Daytona 500, and then uh, I think it was Fontana second race that year. Uh, I have to go back and double check the second race, but the 17 car winning both of those uh, races in 2009. That was the last time that 17 won back to back. Got to say a nice turnaround, a sneaky good turnaround for the track house guys. Ross Chastain finishing seventh, his first top 10 since he won at Nashville uh, six weeks ago. And uh, it seemed like, Ross Chastain kind of disappeared for a while through the late spring and early summer pops up at Nashville with the win and he's fallen off the face of the earth again until today, seemingly. Uh, so good to see that team getting back in there. Uh, and I have to say, even though Bubba Wallace finished 18th, 35 points for him, that gets him a uh, net gain of four points over the cut line. So we'll go back to the, uh, the driver standings for the playoffs. Uh, of course, Martin Truex Jr., is leading the way in the uh, playoff standings. William Byron second, Denny Hamlin third. Uh, looking down towards the cut line, Kevin Harvick plus 180 to the cut. Brad Keselowski, another great run, another pair of top fives. Uh, I guess another pair of top tens. Keselowski was sixth last week, fourth this week for the uh, the driver of the sixth car. So uh, another pair of top tens for RFK. Uh, Keselowski plus 168 in the playoff standings right now. Bubba Wallace, like I said, he went up plus four. He's now plus 58 on the season over the cut line and inching closer and closer to being safe. Ty Gibbs is now assumed the 16th spot with a uh, a plus three buffer uh, in his case there. Uh, Michael McDowell is now the first car uh, outside looking in, he only gained 13 points today after a 24th place finish at Michigan. Daniel Suarez made big strides. He is now only five points off the cut line. That's what a top 10 will do for you. Uh, if you're down on the outside looking in 
Almendinger, 24 points below. Bowman, 44 below. And we mentioned Chase Elliott with that early crash. That now puts him four, 55 points on the outside looking in. He lost 15 net points uh, in this in the one Michigan race and now is in a do-or-die situation where he effectively must win Indy, Watkins, Glen, or Daytona to find himself in the field of 16 when the field heads to Darlington at the beginning of September. Let's get to our uh, pop-up showers, if you will. Uh, Jake, you have a, uh, a interesting pop-up shower here and is not related to the concert you were at last week. No, it is not. Mine, uh, we go. We went back at the, in the open of the show talking about just the racing, it seemed like, across the country was on fire this week. And mine is, uh, is just the finish in the world of Outlaws, the 2023 Ironman at I-55 Raceway, Kyle Larson and Logan Schuart. Um, I, I've rewatched this finish multiple times. They just kept trading the lead. And um, at the end, it's just a classic, you know, dirt track finish there in Kyle Larson winning but i mean that was by less than two tenths of a second in that finish um if you haven't seen it uh, i'm sure you can go to the world of outlaws social media pages and and look up that finish but man that uh that was one heck of a race the headline uh on the world of outlaws website was iron man for the ages and that was a great finish worth noting worth noting real quick that kyle larson finished fifth in the cup race today, then hopped out in a plane and flew to Pella, Iowa, uh, where he then drove from Pella to Oskaloosa, Iowa, and he is going to race in the Oski Challenges dirt track race tonight with the Paul Silva 57 car. Uh, That dude will do anything to get in a race car. So he is is going for a, uh, uh, a third straight Oski Challenges win. Uh, there at Oskaloosa. Of course, the uh, uh, Knoxville Nationals coming up this coming week, the 360 Knoxville Nationals were this past week, uh, this past weekend. And then uh, after tonight, they'll go to over to Knoxville and run the Knoxville 410 Nationals, which are the, the more famed ones uh, coming up later this week and this weekend. So uh, Kyle Larson wants to be in a car at any opportunity and, and proving that today. Uh, Blake, what's your pop-up shower? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. I will say I didn't get the chance to consume a lot of racing outside of SRX and that MIS this weekend. So my pop-up shower will be actual pop-up showers. Uh, the rain that we had on, on Thursday, thankfully no lightning. Uh, that was annoying. And then uh, Friday and Saturday were dry at the track for MIS, but Sunday, man, biggest crowd. And I, I mean, it had to be close to 10 years. Uh, and they had missed basically all day long, didn't stop, even had some miss this morning. So just another week, I think that marks um, 18 or sorry, 17 of, of 25 race weekends that have been impacted by weather in some way this year. Uh, and, and NBC's kind of had a brutal stretch of weather since they took over at uh, Nashville was okay, but starting with the Chicago street race, it just, the weather's been awful since then. So my pop-up shower will be actual pop-up showers and hopefully not much more of them uh, for the rest of the season. Stay tuned for Blake's Indianapolis forecast coming up in just a few moments. Uh, my pop-up shower for this week 
uh, is it kind of goes back to a pop-up shower I had uh, a few months ago. Uh, in March, it was uh, the final running of the NHRA Arizona Nationals at Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park just outside of Phoenix. And then uh, it came out this past week, and I actually talked with Tony Stewart about it some uh, on Thursday at the SRX race, that uh, Wild Horse Pass has been saved from the uh, the bulldozer. It was originally going to be a uh, 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 some development project, and then later it was going to uh, accommodate a, a highway project through the area. But now uh, it seems that Radford Racing School officials have announced uh, they have assumed operations of the multi-use venue. Of course, there's a drag strip there and uh, a, a road course there on the property. So great to see that a racetrack is not closing uh, from what I was talking with Tony Stewart, it sounds like there was, uh, it's on tribal lands as they're in the Phoenix area. And so there was some, um, some tribal politics at play there as well. In addition to, um, any kind of development stuff that might've happened and take it away. But once they got the right folks involved, uh, they were able to get the track saved. It's still unclear if NHRA is going to return for the Arizona nationals in 2024, uh, but still great to see a racetrack and a racing facility, uh, a road course and drag strip, not go by the wayside. Uh, that is fantastic news. Uh, and an honorable mention to the pro all-star shootout uh, that Tony Stewart is helping put together. It's going to take nitro cars to a grassroots drag strip. They're going to be at Bradenton Motorsports Park in early February before the NHRA season opens in Gainesville. Uh kind of the same concept with SRX and Blake, you can speak to it of the impact that SRX has had at Berlin, uh, hoping to do the same in the drag racing world. Uh, but they're not putting different superstars in a 300 mile an hour dragster. They're taking the full-time drag cars, running them at a grassroots track. Let's get to our race picks from last week. Um, a couple of top tens for us. Jake winning the week with a third place from Denny Hamlin, getting him 37 points. Dylan uh, with Ryan Blaney. And despite all of Blaney's frustrations with Corey LaJoy at the rain uh, delay yesterday, uh, YRV finishing ninth, getting 28 points. Uh, Steve had Bubba Wallace, who finished, like I said, 18th, but had stage points and gets 35 points. So a good points day for Steve. And then I was set for a great day with Tyler Reddick until that right rear tire would not go on the car in a timely manner on that last stop. Uh, He's a 30th place finish, getting seven points. Blake, you picked the RFK teammate of the winner, uh, Brad Kozlowski, fourth place finish, 48 points. That's a good points day for for you there. And, And I have to look. It's, there's not many better point days that we've had the entire season, and you come out of here on the first show and get 48 points. So uh, that's, uh, that's some good stuff there from Blake. On the season-long standings, Dylan nearing the 800-point mark. He has 700, 797 points. Uh, Steve is is closing the gap and, and pulling away from me. He's at 735, so a 62-point uh, gap up to Dylan. I am down at 691, so uh, 30, 44 points behind Steve. Uh, I'm in third place. And then, Jake, you are 40 points adrift of me in uh, fourth place. I I, I want to say that, that Steve and Dylan each have one finish of 30th or worse. 
Jake has four. I have three. I think that's where our trouble lies there, Jake. Yeah, I've had some major busts this season between early on in the season when uh, Kyle Larson was checkers or wreckers. I kept getting the wreckers part. But uh, I've, I've, I've been on a good run, it looks like. I've had three straight top tens, so let's make it a fourth here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with the 30th place finish from Redick, I pick first, and uh, I got to go with the hot hand. I'm just going to go Chris Buescher. He's won the last two. He's a better road racer than people give him, give him credit for, so I'll go uh, Christopher Buescher uh, for my pick. Uh, Steve, not with us tonight, he had told us that he wants to see Bell. Uh, who won at the uh, Roval last year, uh, and also did he? Didn't he win the Daytona Road Course in twenty? Yeah, he won one. Of, I feel like he won one of the Daytona Road Courses. So, a better than average road course driver for Seabell. Uh, Steve getting him. Uh, Dylan has also messaged in, and uh, despite Jake and I's pleas that Dylan just take Reed Sorensen for once who is actually Jensen Button this week in the 15 car. Dylan has decided he wants Chase Elliott, thinking that Chase will perform with his back up against the wall. So Dylan has the nine. Uh, Jake, who do you want this week? I will pick Tyler Reddick. Uh, Hopefully. So on one hand, I hope you have better luck than I did last week. On the other hand, I don't wish you have better luck than I did this week, because obviously we're in a competition. I'm really in, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, he, he got, you know, his – a bad week uh, here at Michigan at, out of his brain. And now, I mean, who really knows what's going to happen Sunday at Indianapolis, but at least I, I think some history with road courses for Reddick hopefully will play my way. Okay. Tyler Reddick for Jake. Uh, Blake, who are you thinking this week at the uh, IndyCar road course? Yeah. I, uh, I got someone who, Again, like you mentioned, Jake, who knows what's going to happen. We've seen how sloppy some of the road courses have been turn one. We saw that at Coda earlier this year. Uh, and obviously this race last year was just hot mess express at the end. However, Chicago was not a hot mess express. And we got to see the cream rise to the top. And among the top was Shane Bankersburg. So I'm going to take Shane again. He's back in the, back in the uh, field for Sunday. And uh, we'll we'll get to see what he's all about if he can if he can back up his win in Chicago on Sunday. Wouldn't that all right, so you're going with the '91 car of SVG. Worth noting the uh, uh, the the stacked field that's going on right now uh, in in the Cup Series for this race. Of course, all the Cup Series regulars, but. Formula, former, former Formula One champion Jensen Button will be in the 15 car. Um, former uh, F1 driver and absolute madman in a sports car, Kamui Kobayashi, will be in the 67 car, a third uh, 23-11 entry. Shane Van Gisbergen will be in the field in the Project 91 vehicle. Uh, Brody Kostecki will be in the field in the number 33, a third entry for RCR. And... Knowing Jimmy Johnson's connections with some of the sports car world, you get to see something wild and out of the box for the driver of the 42 this week. And I, I was actually just uh, just looking up a second ago. It's like, huh, I wonder if Mike Rockefeller has a job for this week. Um, it wouldn't be totally surprising to see Rocky in the 42 car. Of course, he was a teammate with Button and Jimmy Johnson on the Project 50 or the Garage 56 car at Le Mans. So, 
Rocky knows his way around these cars and it'll be uh, just add to the further stacked field that we're going to see at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway um, this week. Also, it's going to be a double header, a triple header, kind of a combo weekend. So Xfinity and the IndyCar Series on Saturday on the road course. And then uh, Sunday will be the Cup Series race. Let's get to our random picks real quick. Uh, and I will give Blake a moment to uh, get his uh, forecast finalized, uh, see if he gives me a thumbs up that he is ready, and he does. Uh, so uh, while I'm spinning here, uh, actually, let me reco- recap it real quick. Then while I'm spinning, Blake, you can give the uh, the forecast. So um, Steve actually won the race with Chris Busher. He is the first one amongst us to win a race in random this year. So a big congrats to Steve there. Uh, the rest of us had terrible runs. Uh, Dylan got a 17th place from uh, Harrison Burton. Uh, Jake had a 18th from Bubba Wallace. So last two weeks, he's Bubba Wallace. He's had Bubba Wallace and his average finish has been 15. So not great luck for, uh, for Bubba there. Then I had Michael McDowell, who finished 24th. Uh, consecutive weeks that I've had the 24th place finisher. Uh, the week prior at Richmond, I had Ross Chastain. And Blake, you had uh, our friend Reed Sorensen, a.k.a. J.J. Yaley. And he finished uh, 27th and got you 10 points. So in the season long standings, it's tightening up a bit at the top, actually. Uh, I have 592 points. Dylan, with a uh, calling his way back, he he's made up. Uh, 12 and then eight points uh, on me in the last two weeks each uh, respectively. So he is 72 points behind me now, but then Steve is only 22 points behind Dylan. And then Jake is only 24 points behind Steve. So the, the mid pack there is tightening up and, uh, and I've had a string of, of some terrible runs. I think in the last four weeks I have gained a total of 38 points in the last four weeks, Steve has 119 points total. So, uh, so Steve is definitely clawing his way back, and uh, and and I am getting on the hot seat in right now. So I'm going to need some help. So uh, I am spinning first this week in random. Let me get the uh, thing going here and go ahead, uh, Blake, with your forecast for this week. What can we expect at the Indianapolis Road Course with the rain tires? Yeah, so that certainly helps the situation. Um, we think just a pretty active weather pattern continues across the Midwest through this weekend of the weekend. So it looks like we do have a chance for some showers and storms Friday night, which may impact IRP, Truck Series race. Obviously, I oh. uh, can't wait really to race on the, the playoffs there. there. Yeah, yeah. so Actually, that'll be interesting to watch. I wonder if that falls under the short track rain tire package. That's a good point. It might. Yeah. We'll have to check uh, back that on would- that. Yeah, that but, would that would certainly help the cause, and that would certainly throw a huge wrinkle into the first race of the Truck Series playoffs. <laughs> yes, it would. A race that already usually has lots of action. Um, so there's that on Friday. Saturday carries the chance of perhaps a few showers or storms. Low predictability, predictability this far out, especially with an active pattern like this. At this point, Sunday looks dry. Hoping it remains that way. Uh, so we'll be cautiously optimistic and say that, that Sunday looks good to go. We'll have to watch Friday night, especially perhaps into the day on Saturday. All right. So, uh, so some rain on the horizon as you typically have uh, in this time of year in the Midwest. Uh, so we'll keep an eye out for that, but it seems like all the series are eligible for rain tires this week. So, um, so we'll see how that plays out. And 
and it's going to be a wild start to the Truck Series playoffs this coming week uh, at IRP. I have our uh, random selections done here. I'm just going to get Blake's here real quick, and then I will get them over to you. Uh, Blake's is spinning right now, and Blake will get... Aha! He will get our friend Reed Sorensen for the second consecutive week, a.k.a. this week is Jensen Button. Lucky me. What I do to deserve that? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you get the 15. So a, uh, uh, a interesting deal there. I will say uh, that I got Daniel Suarez. Jake got uh, Chase Elliott. Oh, Steve got uh, Eric Almarola. Not looking great for Steve there. And uh, Dylan got Reed Sorensen's teammate, Andy Lally, in the 51 this week for Rick Ware Racing. Uh, so, and then Blake, of course, with, uh, with Jensen Button. So Daniel Suarez, Chase Elliott, Andy Lally. Eric Amarola and Jensen Button this week. Uh, an absolutely stacked uh, field here in the Cup Series uh, on Sunday at the Indianapolis Road Course. Uh, I, I got to make mention, too, before we get off of here. And, uh, and, and well, let's talk for a second about the Indianapolis Road Course. Uh, we know it's going to be Calamity Corner Turn 1. That's inevitable. We've also heard this could be the last iteration of the Indianapolis road course for the NASCAR cars for the foreseeable future. I see Blake fist pumping. I know what Steve thinks about this as well. Um, they are actually going to be testing there on uh, on Monday after the uh, the Cup Series race. They're going to put it back to oval uh, configuration and do some NASCAR tire testing to see if the new Goodyear tires will hold up to the speeds and loads on the IMS oval. So uh, I think most everybody can, can have fingers crossed that that goes better than the test that happened this past week at Richmond, where uh, a lot of aero stuff was tested for the short track package and it was believed to not be a home run. Uh, so that's on the horizon, but also uh, what are we expecting uh, out of the road course aside from what I just mentioned there? I know there's a lot there, but what do you expect out of the road course? Do you think the any of the ringers have an opportunity, or do you think the Cup Series regulars are going to dominate the day? I definitely think that the um, we'll, we'll see it. it what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is we could see a surprise winner for the playoffs at, one, at a track like this. The next three, really, the two road courses. Obviously, Watkins Glen is is tradi- a lot more traditional than Indianapolis road course. But um, with the way the carnage was last year, um, it really wouldn't surprise me. Um, I don't want to say that anyone, but, you know, uh, the majority of the field, if, you know, winning this race, um, which could throw a wrench into the playoffs. And But for me, I just think that I, I enjoy a lot of these road courses but there's probably one or two too many on the schedule. So if it goes back to the Indianapolis Oval, um, I would enjoy that. And it's also, I feel like there's a crown jewel missing um, with Indianapolis in the Brickyard. 
Yeah, agree with all of that. Um, I think what will be interesting to watch is you're going to very clearly see who's running for points, who's going for the win. Uh, obviously, road courses bring out a lot of strategy. And so that does give the opportunity for a road course runner, w- ringer to, to uh, potentially become a winner, take that opportunity to, to kind of get out a, a winning pit strategy uh, instead of having to chase points. So I think that's what's going to be most interesting to me to watch as we obviously have a pretty tight battle and some drivers near that battle that are very good at road courses like Michael McDowell. Um, Daniel Suarez, I think, is underrated. Obviously, Chase Elliott has been known to be a ringer. And so I think watching the bubble and how – they decide to play the race in terms of pit strategy. It's going to be one of those races I think you're going to have to uh, pay attention from start to finish to truly appreciate and understand uh, what, with all the with all the pit strategies that are likely going to play out. Totally, and, and consider too that uh, there are no stage cautions anymore at the road courses, so that could definitely uh, play a factor into the strategy as well. Um, so a lot to look forward to there. Of course, the Xfinity Series moves on to the uh, as they inch closer into their playoffs as well. Truck Series beginning their playoffs at IRP on Friday night. Uh, but before any of that happens, there's a big race at Berlin Raceway on Wednesday night uh, at uh, I forget what, 7 o'clock, something like that. Blake will give me the start time, but it's the Battle of Berlin, and there is a stacked super late model field. It's going to be in that one. William Byron, Eric Jones, Bubba Pollard, just to name a few. Uh, what what can we look forward to there, and where can we find it uh, this Wednesday night, Blake? Yeah, Brax, a really big race for Berlin. I mean, we just got done with one of the biggest races ever, obviously biggest race ever, I would say, SRX. This one's going to come close in terms of the, the lineup. You mentioned some of the names. Also, Gio Ruggiero, who's been climbing the ranks in, in late model racing. Jesse Love, uh, who run the ARCA race on, on Friday. Uh, Eric Jones, Chase Elliott. I mean, it, just an absolutely stacked field. Obviously, the hometown favorite, Carson Hosovar. So uh, I think that uh, we're in for a good race. I think there are like some 30 entries. Um, not only that, but in the past few years, Berlin has had to knock the lap uh, total down because of issues with getting tires to the track or just tire supply uh, relating to COVID. That has been resolved more or less. So the, the lap count, for this race will be 250 laps. We're back to the full length, which is a tremendous length for super weight models. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to watch that. Tire wear is going to be at a premium. Uh, I will be a part of the full racing crew, either on pit road or up in the booth. Uh, and that goes on the air at 6.30. I believe we have a sportsman race before that. Um, so racing likely beginning sometime around 7, 7.30, somewhere in there. Uh, but again, going to be a great race. And, and even if you're not a big uh, local local short track guy uh, or girl we have you know some big nascar names in this and i think it's going to be one to watch i'll definitely be having it up on the laptop uh wednesday night as well so uh a lot to look forward to on the track uh we definitely uh will be watching the uh the uh the berlin battle of berlin race i was trying to say and then the srx race they're at aldora on thursday night and then you go right into irp with the trucks on friday uh IndyCar and Xfinity on Saturday at the uh, Indianapolis road course and then the cup series. So really you got five straight days of racing there. Uh, what more uh, when you consider this, like literally tomorrow night, it's the only night with no racing. And I think it, it would normally be a high limit racing night on a Tuesday night uh, with Kyle Larson's uh, sprint car promotion. Had it not be Knoxville nationals week. So with the rain out and then all of that, we could have uh, almost lucked ourselves into having racing every single night. Uh, 
but nonetheless, it'll be a, a great week of racing, and we'll definitely be looking forward to it and uh, and have it on in any way that we can. Uh, I definitely want to thank Blake for uh, for coming on tonight, being our, our guest host, and being on last week as well. Uh, it was a blast hanging out with you and your crew on uh, Thursday some at, at Berlin, and uh, we'll definitely get you back on at some point uh, before the season's over. Uh, there's going to be tons of more storylines to talk about and, uh, and plenty of drama. And I'm sure you're going to have, um, some opinions on, uh, and, and thoughts on Carson host of ours run towards the truck series championship. Uh, and so as that playoff goes on, we'll be sure to get you on, uh, Jake, it's good to have you back from your concert. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and we will get something, uh, together for next week. I, I must say next week on Monday night, I am, uh, flying back from Toronto and then going straight to a concert. So I'm not sure if we're recording on Monday night or Tuesday night. We'll get that sorted out. We'll let you know. Uh, but we will we'll get a podcast out next week, one way or another, uh, recapping all of the indie stuff. And like I mentioned to Jake as we were just chatting before we started recording, we might need to postpone to Tuesday just to have a chance to digest what happened at Indianapolis because there is a very real possibility that it is going to be sheer madness and we're going to need some time to to process all of it before we can talk about it. So a uh, very real possibility, but we'll keep you up to date on our social media at cloudy racing pod uh, when we're going to post our next podcast. So uh, once again, thanks Jake. Thanks Blake uh, so much tonight. And uh, I think that wraps it up, right? Anything else you guys want to add? Nope. Let's hope I uh, only have two top 10 finishes in random fantasy. And I feel pretty good about chase Elliott this weekend. So, but if I jinx chase and chase fans, I'm sorry. Hey, you had Chase at North Wilkesboro, and he finished top five. There we go. There you go, Chase fans. There's hope. I want to appreciate uh, – we just want to say thank you for having me on the last few weeks. It's been a fun time. It's been a huge week up here in Michigan, so excited to set up for the race uh, on Wednesday, but also excited to catch a little bit of a break past the racing on to uh, other folks so they get to spread the love and have some fun. And uh, Yeah, looking forward to, to hopefully talking with you guys soon. Braxton, it was great seeing you at SRX. Glad you could make it out. And uh, yeah, should be uh, should be a good rest of the season. Uh, in all three series, I think we got pretty compelling playoff storylines, and it'll be fun to watch. Totally. Thank you very much for uh, for your hospitality on Thursday night, Blake. Uh, if you're unfamiliar on where to find us on social media, as I mentioned, we are at Cloudy Racing Pod. That is on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, and then also, uh, be sure you're hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review. Uh, and a rating on your favorite podcasting platform. We would really appreciate that uh, as well. Uh, so that'll wrap up a big week of racing from uh, in Michigan. We head to the Indianapolis area uh, this coming week with the trucks at IRP and the Xfinity and Cup Series at the Indianapolis road course on the, the big track, but on the road course to the infield. And a lot to talk about next week after all that action. So for Jake and Blake, I am Braxton. Thank you so much for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Racing, episode 25. We'll be back with you next week. Have a good one.